Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to Heart on the Mic. I hope you're just as excited as I am about the shift back into episodes dropping on a weekly basis on a Wednesday, along with the fact that I'm bringing guests on again. I know it's been quite a while since I brought them on consistently and my most recent episodes was my bonus mini-series, uh, Late Nights with Ness, where I talked about my postpartum journey and my birthing experience, but we are definitely hitting the ground running. We're shifting back into gears and bringing on guests to inspire, encourage, and just bring insight about the experiences that they face and to remind everybody to... Be kind to whoever is around you because you never know what they're going through or what they're facing or even how they can encourage you. So I would like to say a very small disclaimer that there is cursing on this episode. So please don't be a Karen and DM me and tell me how much you disliked it because I'm telling you in advance it's not that big of a deal. And before we hop right into the episode, I would like to ask that if you enjoy this episode and just this podcast as a whole and have been listening for a while and have been forgetting to leave a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please put a reminder in your phone and share some love um, on there. It really makes a huge difference and helps other people who I don't even know find the podcast and learn from whatever is being talked about. But let's hop right into it. Here we go. All right. I just want to start out by saying thank you for joining me today. Um, I'm super excited and also almost emotional just us talking real quick at the (laughs) beginning about what you already said. Mm -hmm about your intention and being here today. I know I probably met you back in 2000, like 10. Uh-huh. I think it was 2011 or 12. Okay, yeah. somewhere around there. I'm like, yeah. I know really end towards high school. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say at that point, I didn't like you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody did. <laughs> no one wanted to be around. <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, what's going on? I just knew you from situations that were not good and I was Mm -hmm. just like okay I'm gonna be kind to her even though I have like a negative like opinion Mm -hmm. I remember one time too they're like oh she needs to go to work she doesn't have a ride I'm like fine I'll give her a ride I like brought you to Balotera (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know what store it It was was, like angle back back in the day yeah some boutique or something I'm like okay this girl's got to get to work let me take her like Mm -hmm. I need to be kind there's nothing I really know about her for me to not like you Mm -hmm. but there was just like this kind of like oh and I felt bad for it so I was just like trying to like be in control of it but Mm -hmm. since then I've kind of watched your journey from a distance I've seen you mostly on social media Mm -hmm. and your like journey has totally transitioned from what you used to do Mm -hmm. to what you're doing now like do you want to touch on that as far as like the start of your journey what brought you to being who you are today, which is the nail tech and the business owner and somebody who is clearly on a mission to make a difference for your kids and your family. That's very evident in how you speak all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, so, you know, the whole transition for me, to be honest, it was my kids that changed my life. Um, had I not gotten pregnant, had I not went through that emotional journey with, you know, my boyfriend at the time and, like, my husband now, um, we went through a lot of chaos during that. So it kind of changed my mindset. Um, and the passing of my dad, he committed suicide in 2019 while I was pregnant. Oh, and wow. A lot of family trauma hit. So I knew that something had to change and it wasn't going to change. Like my mentality wasn't going to change until I changed it. I had to break certain cycles from my past to become this person. Like my whole mindset literally shifted to a point where like I no longer thought what was important then was important. I had to show myself that I was capable of doing these things, even though I wasn't shown that growing up you know and um and then once I saw that in myself nothing can stop me I was like what do I like you know like I was a dancer I when I met you I was a lost soul I was a lost soul I was living in a trap house let's call it yeah um I was you know in my in my own words I call it a crack house Cause that's what I feel like it was, but yeah. let's call it a trap house and very dark walking into yes. that house. You can feel like ugh, all the demons, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I, you know, being there changed my life because I had a social services case open up while I was there, lost my daughter due to being high. My daughter ended up, um, overdosing when she was a year and a half oh in the house. And I literally to this day couldn't tell you how, but being in the house, I took responsibility for that because I was there. I knew what was going on. My kid was around it. So immediately took her to the ER. Um, and I, I woke up and when that social services came in, they weren't going to open a case, right? They went to the house, searched it, ended up figuring out that where you were living. Yeah. ended up figuring it out and ended up opening a case. Um, took her to Chalk Hospital where she was, you know, coming down off of what the, she tested positive for marijuana and opiates and she, they came down off of it. I thought I was going to take her home when I was getting ready to pack her stuff. The police and social services came in and took her and that like, it was like a movie, like where they literally took and ripped my daughter from my arms. And these were my whole life flashed in front of me. Like everything I had gone through just got real it just got fucking real yeah like I was given up so easily in my childhood nobody wanted me nobody Mm -hmm. gave a fuck about me I was always getting dropped off here there everywhere yeah when that happened I felt uh, like my heart you know for the first time in my life I actually felt like something this isn't right I need to do something and I went back to the house that night where everyone was partying and I had just gotten my daughter taken away and nobody gave a fuck what I was going through. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, and I cried. I drank a 40 with Fred in her crib <laughs> and I packed my shit. And at 7 p.m. that night, I went to a sober living or like a meeting, you know, and I asked for help. And I said, my daughter just got taken from me and I have nowhere to go. I don't want to go back to that house. I need help. I would need to get my kid back, you know. And that moment changed my whole life to a point where I dropped everyone like a fucking fly. Yeah. It was her or them. Pick it, you know. I got clean and then I started dancing. 
I thought I could go in there and waitress. And they were like, no, you're going to come over here and dance. Yeah. That actually helped me get off the streets because once that sober living, like first sober living got hit, everyone was doing drugs in there. I was trying to stay on track. I went through drug court, perinatal. Um, I went through three different programs. Um, I was a product of programs. I had my daughter in a program. You know what I mean? So I was used to that. And I, you know, I did what I had to do times 10. Yeah. I relapsed a couple times cause it was hard. Yeah. Like you who know me, like you didn't want me around. Nobody did. I was living in that house cause my mom didn't even want me around. She dropped me off there and was like, you know, have these people who were all raising each other. You know what I mean? And it was like, um, you know, that's just how my life was. So when I got to this point and I realized like, it's up to me, ain't nobody going to do the work, but me, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to get her back. And I proved everybody fucking wrong. And I didn't talk to not one person that I was involved with. Yeah. And you really have to do that. You have to literally see what's important and change your life. And, you know, I got caught up in the money, but I still got my daughter back because dancing is still a legal job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so people tried to fight it. Lawyers tried to fight it. Like she's stripping, but I also was able to get off the streets, put money away for my daughter, show them bank statements. I got myself a car, got myself an apartment. I no longer had to be in a program. I had food in the fridge. She had everything. You checked everything on the list that they wanted. Everything and more because I was making so much. Like when you give somebody even a hundred, two hundred dollars to a homeless girl who has nothing, not even her kid. That was gold to me. Yeah. And I made sure, um, even to this day, I will do anything for her to make sure that she has above and beyond. And I mean, not materialistic things, but like making sure that you go to bed and clean underwear. Like, even though like, if you want to say underwear is materialistic, like little things that actually matter. Like I don't want her to go home and not feel safe, not feel like she doesn't have what she needs not feel like she needs to ever want for anything. And that made me a whole new person because before I was selfish. I didn't Mm. give a fuck about my daughter. I'm like, can anybody watch her? Can anybody like take her so I can go get high? And now it's like, I want you here. Like I'm your mother. I'm going to raise you, you know? And it wasn't until she grew up a little bit to where she literally raised me. She raised me. Mm. And And how old were you when you had her? I had her at 18. Okay. Fresh out of juvenile hall. Dang. And yeah. how long did it take you to get her back? A year and three months. So she got taken away at a year and three months, and I got her back at two and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we went through foster homes and Orangewood, and um, a family friend ended up adopting her until I was able to get her back. It took me a while because, like I said, I relapsed and uh, cussed the judge out a few times, so I got <laughs> visitation revoked, you know, but... Um, it was, it was really hard transition, but you know, like just like I, I had that feeling before where my mom didn't want me. I never, ever wanted my daughter to feel like that. I brought her into this world and I brought her into this world in a really fucked up situation. Yeah. Like her dad, um, is in prison, you know, and he's been in prison since she was born for attempted murder on me a few times or the last time was attempted murder. But this time, the first time it was. Uh, just like domestic violence, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I found out I was pregnant in juvenile hall and, and, you know, had the option of adoption. And I went through that program. And then while I was there, being getting my belly big, I 
realize that was mine. Yeah. So having her was like, and then she got taken from me and I was like, oh no, (laughs) I made her from scratch. Like if only people knew the details of that, you know what I mean? Like I made her, so nobody's going to take that from me. So I put in the work to make sure like, even when I had my rough moments, yeah, I relapsed, but I admitted that I relapsed so that I could just start fresh, get her back, be honest with myself. Like that's the only way you're going to get through. And I was the only one in my drug court class out of, I think there was 30 of us in there. I was the only one who got my daughter back. Dang. And drug court is rough. I've I've witnessed. (laughs) I've been in there watching Mm. how those judges are. Yeah, it was so hard. They they make you not only jump through hoops, jump through fire, everything. Mm -hmm. Like, it's no joke in there. I used to take that. I mean, I was in a sober living. I had a job. Not only was I dancing till 2 a.m., I had to get up at 7.30 in the morning, take the bus from Santa Ana to Westminster Court, drug test at 8 a.m., work through the day, leave work in the middle of the day when I was working coffee to go back at 5 p.m. to drug test. I used to drug test three, four times a week, two, three times a day. And then sometimes I have to call and my color would get called and I'd forget it's 9.30 at night, nothing's open. I used to have to drive to IE, LAX to go drug test. Oh, I was not going to miss it, you yeah. know? And I got her back. And it, I, I changed then, right? But that was my first 360. And then years go by and, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, I sold my soul to the devil and I lost myself again in, in the money world, in the hustling world. And I ended up, you know, I still had my daughter. I still made sure that she didn't see that life, but mm. she had everything she needed. But you guys all saw that life, yeah. like social media, you know, I kept her off of it for that reason. And whew, that girl that that girl was was a lost soul like even more than before everybody knows or the bible always Mm -hmm. talks about like money is the root of all evil like how did you go from addiction that drug addiction to being addicted to money like and who making that transition because everybody says you know make coffee and all that like you make bank like you're set mm -hmm. and then to to make that decision and decide to do something for yourself it's like okay, you're not getting that volume of money anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like transitioning to like doing brick by brick on your own. It's a whole different ballgame, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, when I started coffee and dancing, I was sober. I danced for about two years and worked coffee sober. I just smoked cigarettes. And know? was that hard? Because, you know, Ooh, it was a hard. lot of people are, you know. It was hard. <laughs> and I even stayed sober after I got my daughter back. And she came home. I ended up, like I said, I got an apartment car. She came home. And, um... When I got into the dancing lifestyle, I just, it was always around me, but I had that self-control because I knew my goal and I was making money to, I was buying stuff. Like it took me a year to buy a dining table. It took me a while to buy this, but I bought it and I still have that dining table to this day because I took my time. I made the money and I put it to where it needed to go and I showed them I was responsible. Obviously like for other people to witness in the court, a homeless girl uh, with no kid to a year and three months later working my ass off and getting everything she needed, I needed, and more where they were surprised. I even got like a gold medal at the drug court because oh, they were like, this Looks is like the biggest. Girl. Yeah, look at her. And I was like, yeah, look at me. You know, I used to come <laughs> in there me. all dressed up. I was like, where did the style come from? I, You know, I really found myself. But then I lost, like I said, I lost myself in the money. Well, when I got her back, um, I just, you know, I got lost in the hustle. I started doing drugs again. I started not giving a fuck. I started waking up late, not taking her to school. Like she was still like at home, had everything she needed, but I was slipping, you know? And then I met my husband now. He was my boyfriend at the time. And we kind of got in the life together. Like 
he was trapping. I was doing my thing. He was just, you know, we were just fell in love with each other's hustle. Yeah. He fell in love with who I was with my daughter. He fell in love with her. And I never had somebody really in my life care for me how I thought he cared for me at the time, you know? And, um, I, I just got lost in that. So he kind of helped me get back on track. He slowed me down. Mm. He took me out of that life and straightened me out. I was like a crooked line. He straightened me out all, another, you know, I, I changed again. Here's another 360, you know, and I'm still hustling. Yeah. But I'm not hustling like I was. Like I wasn't selling my body and my soul to the devil again. Yeah. I was doing, I was still dancing. We were hustling. We were doing what we had to do. We were, you know, You're building surviving. something. Yeah. yeah. And I got caught in love. We got pregnant. We separated. I went crazy like everyone does. I lost everything. I I fell rock bottom again. Oh, dang. And um, moved back in with my mom, who I hadn't lived with since that crack house where she left me. And even before that, I hadn't lived with her since I was 13 because she was homeless. That's mm. why she left me there. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? It was like, um, where was I at? Was it like rebuilding a relationship with your mom while rebuilding yourself at the same time? Yes, it was. Coming together at that point in your life where you're at rock bottom and you haven't lived with her for so mm -hmm. long? And yeah, I, you know, she's always been there when I needed her. Like yeah. in Fresh Out of Juvenile Hall, she was there, you know? It, it was just like she saved my life, I feel like, because I was on the verge of suicide. Mm. I tried to commit suicide, I think, during that time three times. Um, I have... PTSD, you know, from my daughter's dad, I have from growing up in an abusive household, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I was just done. I'm like, here we are again. I can't catch a break. You You're know, like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again with another baby. And then I went, I scheduled an abortion. Cause I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna get an abortion. I'm gonna go back to dancing. I'm going to just hate life. Just like life hates me. Mm. And the day I was going to schedule an abortion, my son kicked and I was like, nope. It's over. And I, again, wanted to commit suicide because I was like, it's not fair for me to bring my son into this life when I'm traumatized right now. Like, yeah. I wasn't okay. I was doing drastic things like I would never do, you know? And I had my son, and again, I changed immediately. And so did my boyfriend. He saw my son. He came back, and within one day, you could see a change in even him. Mm -hmm. Somebody like even and he wasn't doing OK, like just like I wasn't doing OK. He wasn't doing OK. We were both going through it. We were hurt, you know, yeah. and he went on his path and I went on mine and we came back together when our son was born and we became our team again. You we know, made it work. we made it work. We saw what was important. It was each other, our family, our kids, you know, and I went back into hustling. But with this, a different mentality now, like now I needed to rebuild just like I did in drug court with my daughter. I needed to build up again. I need to get off my mom's couch, get us mm -hmm. a house, get us a car, figure it out, do what I got to do, get my family back, be a good mom, not be crying in my bed. I was literally crying in my bed for nine months. You know, I was lost. Um, and then I went back to hustling. We got a house within a couple months. Um, we got our car figured it out and then I think it was when my son was a year old I found I was pregnant again oh. and then my life changed again this time I retired dancing I retired coffee since I found out oh so with the first two you were still intertwined yes. and all that mm -hmm, sorry um and so this is the funny thing so I believe in Buddhist feng shui right let's let's put that I'm believing the Buddhism way right 
uh, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. I worked coffee for a long time. So they're Vietnamese. I had to pray to Buddha all the time. I, I believe in that. Right. So it was on New Year's, uh, Chinese New Year, Tet. Right. And, um, I found I was pregnant and the boss lady's like, you can't come to work if you're pregnant, if you're late, this, that, and the other, it's bad luck. And that day I was late. I was running late. Everything was going wrong. I'm like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I know it. I ended up walking out the second day into Tet. It's life puts you where it needs to put you. So it was calling me to not get an abortion. Okay. Cause I didn't want another kid. It was yeah. too soon. But that's where my mind goes because I've had a few, you know what I mean? And in situations that I needed to save my life or didn't know who the dad was and you know, those lost days. But anyways, so I'm here and I just was like, you know what? I got to get out of here. I walked out on my shift, got a pregnancy test pregnant. Right. Okay. So here we are. We go to Planned Parenthood, pay cash to get an abortion. Didn't want another one. The moment I paid cash to have an abortion, my body died. I died inside. I was like, how dare me? Mm pay cash to do this i turned around and looked at him guess who walked through the fucking door my foster mom out of all places plant parenthood what yeah. are you doing here <laughs> Literally. you know she's like what are you doing here? i was like i've been calling you all morning i'm going through something i don't know what to do i'm in a place where i could keep him i don't want another baby i i don't want to ruin my body i'm so attached to this look i have yeah you know but the moment I paid cash, I said, give me the cash back. And I give snatched it right back from her and we walked out. And he's like, we could do this. We're good now. We don't have to go back. We can live a different life, you know? And so why was she there? Did. She was there for her like <laughs> annually or whatever, you know? And I'm like, uh, like, like, what I are the odds? find my friends. I'm yeah. Really <laughs> I was like, what are the odds, you know? And, um. So yeah, we kept him. And during my pregnancy, I had a really, 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 really hard pregnancy. I gained a lot of weight. I was very sick. I was like always mm. just, you know, throwing up. It was like the worst pregnancy ever. I gained 75 pounds. I'm like 120 pounds soaking wet. Okay. That was my typical weight. I gained almost 180, 90 pounds. And that to me was like, oh my a God. Big deal. You're like, and then, um, when I was like six or seven months pregnant, you know, um, my dad came back into my life after disowning me for many, many reasons. You know, he just didn't really fuck with me then. And uh, he showed up at my doorstep one day and he made amends to me and my husband, um, you know, about like talking bad about us, about not really knowing the truth. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, just like you had bad taste in your mouth, you know, about me back then. But like you You're watched your journey, broken. you know, I'm healing. Right. So you watched my journey heal and we're here. So like, just like that, like my dad had to watch us grow. Yeah. Me and him were lost. We figured it out. Look where we're at now. We we're making choices that are good choices. Get not paying cash for our baby, you know, yeah. doing, we, we're rechanging our mind, you know? And, um, so he showed up, he made amends. Things got crazy quick. Like he dropped my sisters who I hadn't seen in years off my, my little brother and I just see in them, like, something's up. Something's not right, you know? Like, I mean, I need to be here for them. Yeah. You know? I have them back. I'm not going to lose them again. So I kissed my dad's ass. It was, like, for a couple weeks, huh, man? You know? And he showed up here and there. He was dropping them off all the time. He was uh, he signed over power of attorney in a couple oh, weeks wow. to me for them. I think he, he was tweaked out. He was on something, you know? 
And um, I had to take my go to my sister's school one day. He called me for sure high, like all over the place. Like, oh, she has dope on her. She, You need to get her from school, like some weed and some pipes and stuff. Smoke weed in the bathroom, got caught or something. I had to go to the principal. Mind you, I haven't seen my sister since they were like in elementary school. And they're in high school now. Okay. And I had to go and act like their mom. Like, hey, you know, like I was I'm like, here. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on to my dad? Like, what? this is random, you know? I'm seven months pregnant. I don't know what's going on. I just want to help. I take my sisters after the power of attorney to go grab some of their stuff from my dad's house. I go. It's barricaded from the inside out. All the windows, all the front door, two by fours over the front door, nails in it. Freaking hoarder. Like, it just looks bad in there. I'm like, oh, no, I need to get them out of here. So I go save them, you know, do what I got to do. And take them to my house. And mind you, my dad is on one. So he's running around crazy. I see him running down the street talking about the cops are chasing him. And I'm like, oh, get in the car. We're leaving. He's on his own. He was like, we had just bought him a car. My husband sells cars. So we had just got him a little car to help him out in the last couple weeks. We're seeing him. We're trying to be cool. What is going on right here? You know, I was like, "Uh, we are going to go. An hour later, we come back to check on him. He's busted up in the front with some cops. You know, he's going through it. I'm like, oh, my God, let me go out and save him. Save him, whatever. He comes out here. Within a week from that situation, he felt people were coming to get him. So he packed his whole house and whatever he could fit in a U-Haul and drove to Arizona and went to clean his life up. Mind you, I have my sisters and my little brother at the house. So this is all in a couple weeks. Like yeah. this happening and so quick. And I'm seven months pregnant. And I got three. And this is my third kid. I'm married whoa, this is not the life I live anymore. I'm used to this, but my husband's not used to this. You've We're not used to this. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? So, you know, I start doing doctor's appointments with my siblings. I'm like, I'm taking care of them. Like, this is my time to shine. Like, you know, getting back on track, getting their health in order, you know. Um, things came to surface, you know, like when I have conversations with my, my siblings about some abuse that's going on in the household. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what's going on. I'm not going to have that on my watch. Yeah. You know, and once my dad found out that some of the abuse had been public, he committed suicide within a day. A day. A day. And um, so this is where the it gets hard. Is yeah. Not only did we deal with that situation within a couple of weeks, less than a month, and my dad's dead. I didn't know my dad died, so we put on a missing persons report. Oh, my God. And um, this was like a Wednesday this happened. We all got it together, me and the siblings, and we all talked about what was going to happen and that we were not going to allow my dad to come back into their life, that we were going to adopt them to us, you know, and they told my dad what we were planning to do. And that's why he committed suicide. He's like, I can't live without my kids. Mm-hmm. And um, so this was Wednesday. We put out the missing persons report. Friday is my wedding day where my dad was supposed to be back. But due to all the abuse, I told him he was no longer welcome. So Friday morning, my brother got a phone call that my dad had been found in the desert. He shot himself in the face and they identified him as my dad and uh, they pinged his phone and found him. Yeah. And um, my brother held that in until After. after my wedding. But then that Sunday is my baby shower. So he did not. He held it in until Monday. And everybody knew except for me. Everybody around me knew, but they didn't want to ruin my moment, which I, I honestly wish they did Yeah, because 
he killed himself on or they found his body on my wedding day so i feel that like every, every year, year i'm like you could have changed the yeah day yeah or like something eh. but i look at it this way like uh i gained a husband i lost a father yeah you know so it was like a, a rebirthing of another life so then that's what i was just yeah. thinking and so everybody, that was a lot of trauma for a lot of other people to hold it in, you know, yeah, and not, and how we not know. Yeah. We found out, you know, obviously we go through the funeral thing. We got him cremated. We had a Buddhist ceremony. Um, it was really nice. It was different for us because my dad was Christian, but I've never really had a Buddhist ceremony. Some of my family is Buddhist, so we decided to do it. It was interesting, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, that was another 360 in my life. Because I had always a feeling in my heart, but you know, you can never really prove it. But because I went through things as a child and my dad, like physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, all that as a child, Mm -hmm. I always had the feeling, you know, when you know. Yeah. And I knew. And that at that point, it was like I was punishing myself because I didn't step in sooner. Mm. But how do you step in with a man who's so aggressive, who's so abusive? Like, you know what I mean? He had a lot of control. You know, so it's like now we're all free. We're free of those demons that we had to hide for years. We're free of those demons that we had to, my siblings had to run, like live through. You know what I mean? And um, we're so much closer. They're doing so good. My brother was able to adopt them. Who he's, My brother, um, he grew up. He went to the army straight out of high school to get away from my dad's abuse, you know, and not only to get away from it, just change his life, change his you life. know, and he's a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army now. He's 27 years old or 28 now. And like he is doing so good. He's been able to adopt them, three of them, give them a home. He bought a house in Arizona for them. Like they have what they've never had before. Structure, love, family. You know what I mean? Safe, you know, not being abused, being able to be themselves, you know, and it, that was another 360. So then and I was not like carrying the load of someone else's demons, someone mm-hmm. else's addiction or even mental illness that they have to cope with and mm-hmm. just carry. That's a, it's a big load. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and I give it to them because it's hard. Like they don't have a mother or father figure. Their mom's on the street since they were younger, you know, and um, but they have us. They have a good support system, you know. Yeah. And that's what I feel like helps them get through. Have you seen them now compared to you seen them three, four years ago? Oh my God, how life has changed. It's literally like you're walking through a graveyard and you walk through this invisible wall and you end up in a fucking flower field. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. And that's a big reason I keep doing what I'm doing now. So when that happened, I changed again. I was pregnant. I had retired from the life mentally. So I knew physically I was not going to go back, especially after gaining all this weight, you know? <laughs> and then I saw, and I started got into nails when I was about nine months pregnant. And I took over, like, my husband was like, you like doing nails. You always get like the long, crazy nails. Like, why don't you try it? So I'm like, okay. Found, started talking to some friends about it. Found a course through a friend. And, um, as soon as I touched the drill, man, I was like, this is it for me. This is so fun. Cause I used to be the nail, like in the nail salon, like, give me the file. You're not doing it right. Yeah. And I would straighten it like the cricket nails. I'm like, this is crazy, you know? And I would sit there for hours and fix everything in there. So I was like, as soon as I touched the drill and as soon as I seen the attention, like paid attention to detail, it was over. I got, I felt like I was good from the beginning 
and I got like a lot of clientele quick. Yeah. And obviously that slows down. You know, people have their thing. I, I found my niche. I like crystals. I like long, crazy nails. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Right. So I had to just, you know, work my ass off to build the clientele I have now. I have about like 150 clients five that I rotate. Certified. Yeah. Five <laughs> times certified. Actually, I'm a seven times certified oh, now. Okay. I just got two more certifications. So I'm really Congrats. happy. Yeah. Thank you. And that's another thing. Like I got to a point in my career now, like I'm only two and a half years in. Right life-changing yeah whoa like you can see it just like it's radiating out of you like you can totally tell there was just like a like you said like a mentality shift and oh man I started a new person yeah I started like really like I am good at something other than selling my body other than being naked other than dancing other than being a mom a friend a wife I was something else like I yourself I was a creative artist inside like I was like I knew I could become something. I always knew it. Like I always told myself, I'm going to become something, you know, in this dark place. I was that, I was my own light in those dark rooms, you know? Yeah. And I always knew that I can break through. And it was like, man, now I see opportunities come. The more, like I, I get, I want to give up a lot, right? I want to go back to that life a lot. Mm-hmm. It was easy. This is hard. Like, I worked my ass off and I don't see half as near as what I was seeing when I was out there. Yeah. But I sleep good at night. I sleep with my kids at night, my husband at night. I have everything I've ever wanted and needed. Yeah. Everything I could ever imagine. Like 13 year old me would be so proud. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that all the time. And I think the older I get, I play a lot of flashbacks of where I was in life. Cause you know, I'm still in the same area that I was when I was fucking up. Yeah. And it just makes me want to be that much better. Like, I want a salon to be in the salon I was doing dope in. In the parking lot I was doing dope in. I want my salon to be right there. I want people to see You're me. Like, hey, Jasmine, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I want that. And I feel like I'm, I'm working towards that. And, like, I didn't even just get lost in nails. Like, I got lost in nails because, like, you can create nothing into something. And that was me. I created nothing into something. And... um and now I do like boutique. I like to put my style out there, my personality. I have severe anxiety. So being behind the camera by myself in a room is easier than being in front of people. So I like to have that. And I'm also funny and stuff, I think, you know. You are. But, <laughs> but I like to do like reels and that helped me get my personality back out there in another way. Yeah. Without having to be naked and seen and this, that and the other. And I'm like having fun with it. And actually it's changed my business a lot. It's giving me a whole other platform and it's helped me even share my story on there. Yeah. Like to be able to open up about traumas I've been through and letting people know like women in particular, like you can come from being a rape situation, which is where my daughter is a product from. Right. So all that, you know, um, abuse in family outside of family or drug addiction, homelessness. It doesn't matter where you come from. There is use those as pedestals. Like, okay, that's one thing I don't got to go through again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to continue to grow from this. I'm going to not use it to make excuses for myself or feel pity on myself. No. Use that to grow. Help, like, the way that I help people is, or the way that I help myself is helping people. Yeah. Let me help you. Let me show you how I got through it. And maybe it doesn't work for everybody. But for me, Helping one other person has helped me grow. The reason I share my story is because I shared my story with one woman and I changed her life. Got her into a program, got her kids back, clean, you know, doing great. There's this 
post that I've seen on Instagram and I love it forever. It says we rise by lifting others and that's something that I strongly believe in yeah. and, and it's so important because you don't know, especially with mental health being something so important to me and it being really prominent in my family, you really don't know what the next person is going through. They know that person standing next to you or who you're interacting with on a daily basis in the way that we pour into them or even show some type of gesture of kindness like you said can change their life Mm -hmm. too many times people don't want to sacrifice their time for somebody else because they're like well that's their problem Mm -hmm. but when we slow down to do what like what you did to mentor this person without even realizing it it changed the life of not only her but her kids yeah and And mine it changed my life for sure it made me feel like somebody wants my advice, somebody wants to listen to me, Jasmine, Yeah. this crazy girl nobody wanted around, like you probably wouldn't take advice from me then, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm that person. I could help people. I could be something. I could have my story be heard, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I'm a domestic violence advocate, just being that I was in a severe domestic violence relationship that he's now in prison. You know, I don't have to worry about that. But it, especially those women, especially those situations, that is what keeps me going. Like knowing that I could help somebody else and I don't need to feel sorry for myself. You know, I'm not going through that. Somebody else is, you know what I mean? I'm no longer going through it. I'm fortunate enough to be able to walk away and I want to help somebody else walk away. You know what I mean? And that all this keeps me going. My kids keep me going. My kids being able to grow up like my daughter, like I said, she raised me before I could raise her, but I'm able to raise her now. I'm able to have a straight mindset. I'm able to show her this business. My daughter's great at doing nails. She's only 11. I'm able to show her something that she could become something. She doesn't have to sit in trauma. She's a great dancer. She does six dance classes a week that I'm able to afford. You know what I mean? We're able to have dinner on the table, breakfast on the table, food in the fridge, packs all types of lunches for every day. Like I never had that, you know, anything she wants, she gets, she is spoiled, but she's very structured. Mm. She does chores. She gets allowance. She has a, her little job. She does chocolate covered strawberry boxes, you know, which is actually really successful that she now likes to do nails. She gets to buy all her own stuff. You know what I mean? She is. I raised a good kid. Yeah, you did. You're molding her into someone who knows that she can get what she wants just by putting in the the work work and believing in herself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I admire about you. It's clear that you believe in what you're working towards and what you're doing and you're confident about it despite your anxiety, despite your PTSD and despite your trauma history, you're clearly working towards building something better. And it's it's great to see, like you said, you what you did before and those talents that you thought were only applicable to that type of lifestyle, you're using it now mm-hmm. to build your business I'll and to allow yeah, you, to allow your personality. You got personality, it can still be shown here. You know, you have that skill, it can still be shown here. And mm-hmm. you have that heart and that passion for people you can still pursue it Mm -hmm. and it's something that is very evident in in what you're doing and watching you online and having your boutique and your nails Mm -hmm. and just it's it's good to I I'm just so inspired by it honestly thank you thank you it's definitely been a hard path you know I I've suffered from like I said like a lot of mental health even this last year I would say in August um I tried to take my life again um I woke up one day and life changed again Something in my mind changed. I I used to crave attention. I used to crave love Mm -hmm. because I had never had that. 
I had all these voids that it needed to be filled, but weren't being filled. And I was over it. I'm like, I'm done. You know, in, in my relationship, I was going through a hard time in life. I was going within myself and I felt like, I don't know if, if anybody's done the step work, but I felt like I needed to do some step work, you know, on myself and become in tune with myself. And I changed my whole mind. Like I woke up one day and I felt like, I guess you can call it manic. Okay. And I did a lot of things I would never do. And I left my family and I moved out and I didn't give a fuck about anybody. And And no learning all this stuff now, how do you prioritize your mental health or what do you do? What do you know? Your are you learning your red flags or your triggers and stuff like that? Because my mom's, I don't want, I don't even know how old she is. I'll say that. Uh, she's in her, you know, midlife and she's barely learning this stuff now. Mm-hmm. And it encourages me and my sisters to do some footwork. Like, Hey, if we know mental health is something, mental illness is something that can be environmental and genetic and we have that element there what footwork can we do now to make sure that we know our triggers and our red flags if something creeps up later in our life Uh, is that something you're working on as far as identifying those things so next time you feel manic or that you're gonna have something happen that you know what to do or who to reach out to or what does that look like right now are you still learning I'm still learning and I feel like it it was a lot like it was trying to almost take my life and being diagnosed manic through a therapist, you know what I mean? Or almost having the, the scared feeling of being sent in on a 72 hour hold be and being called crazy. Mm-hmm. And I got prescribed medication and it was, and I didn't take the medication cause I'm like, I just want to be happy. Yeah. I just felt like I let all the pain go. I just wanted to be happy. So now like the last few months I've been working on things. My husband has been right there. I seeked out therapy. I go to trauma therapy. Um, I talk to people. Um, I don't live. I mean, I feel like the last year my anxiety has shot up tenfold because of this mindset shift because Mm -hmm. I'm more awake now. I'm like, whoa, like what the hell is going on all the time? So when I see like red flags or triggers, I just kind of like have to take a minute for myself, take a break, you know? pinpoint it I literally always think of the worst situations at all before I think of good situations so I just play things out in my head now I take a second I'm not like super loud and talkative that much I'm more like reserved and quiet I kind of hold it in I I try and just like I shake a lot um so I pull over if I'm driving I just take a minute I just need to take a minute you know even people try and talk to me it's like just don't talk to me just give me a minute Having anxiety is being fearful of something. What is, I always pinpoint, what am I fearful right now of? What is going on in my head? What in this situation can I not control? My husband just shared something with me where it was like, take five minutes and bitch, complain, moan, cry about it, shake, shake, you know, whatever, get out, run in a circle, walk around, get over it after five minutes, you know? There's, and then just say these three words like, I, or, I can't change it, can't change it get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in that point. Like yeah. I'm, I don't have time to live for the, the drama, the back and forth. The, if it within myself, you know, I'm like trying to fight these demons, the devil trying to come back and, 
and just take over me. And of course, you go to the therapist and stuff. I get prescribed medication. But within myself, I'm like, I need sunshine. I need to run on the beach Mm -hmm. by myself. I need to have alone time. I need to, you know, even when my kids sometimes are running in circles, I just sit in the middle of them. I don't see or hear anything because I'm stuck in my anxiety. And I don't know why. I I still don't know why. I'm still working on it with my therapist. I'm doing the work. So I'm on my healing and hustling journey. And my hustling journey don't have to be how it used to be. I'm still hustling. Like you said, I am put my hustle into something else, you know? Something and this, that you're going to be healing. proud of for mm-hmm. your daughter for to watch daughter. your journey now. And I have Rosé Beauty Lounge. And the reason why it's called Rose Beauty Lounge or Rosé is because her middle name's Rose. And I want something I could be able to pass down. Hopefully when she's 18, I can hand her the keys to the boutique that I own or to my salon that I own and that she owns, you know? So she don't ever need to go even to venture off into yeah, any of that. Never. I always told her, like, I made her from scratch and I'm all you're ever going to need. Mommy got you. And I want my daughter to feel that way. You know, I did not feel that way. Yeah. And a lot of people are always like, don't try and like relive your childhood through your kids or put trauma. I am in a whole nother way. I'm not ever going to let her see that. I'm not ever going to let her feel that. And she's so humble too. You know, like I definitely let her know how it was every year. I think five times a year, me and her feed the homeless. Like, and if I'm not on it, she's on it. Yeah. You know, or like we go by homeless people all the time and I can't tell you, I drive by, it doesn't matter who it is. If I see them a million times, I cry. I want to help people so bad. I see that projecting off on her and she's like that. And she'd be like, oh, my friend didn't have lunch at school today. So I gave her my lunch. I'm like, you know, I'm doing something good. I'm raising good kids and I'm doing right. So I need to take it easy on myself. I'm very hard on myself. I'm like, I'm not where I should be. I'm not as far as I should be. No one cares about my story. No one wants to hear it. Those Nobody are all lies because yeah. it's self-doubt. It's, it's self-doubt. And I've even been listening to this audiobook. It's totally not even the same topic, but it's about um, gen- gentle sleep because my little one, I'm having a hard time with not sleeping. So I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out stuff for her. And the book just talks about like how society puts such a huge pressure on moms. You have to be a stay-at-home mom, but you still you have to bring income in and you also have to raise your family, but you still have to be there for them and just all this whole long checklist and it's just like it leaves women mainly or at least I can say it leaves a lot of women feeling like they're not doing enough or they're not at the right place where they need to be or so many negative thoughts about their accomplishments or where they're at I know that's something that I've been struggling with like in postpartum after the fact I was just like well I don't even have a career I'm not where I wanted to be when I had my baby and starting my family and I'm not doing enough and I'm not I've been home all day and just the list goes on when Mm. we say all these negative things to ourselves. And I've been trying to do that work too and saying, why am I thinking worst case scenario? Like that can happen, but it can also go the best way possible. Mm. So why am I using all my energy to only think negative and stress myself out and all these other things when I can just put in the work, leave it there. And if it goes successfully cool if it doesn't on to the next opportunity yeah and I feel like right now in my life I'm going through another change like I said since August I've been in this mental drift yeah. I feel and um I definitely feel like having a great support system is big 
key. And my husband being who he is and how strong he is and being able to deal with my mental health and not give up on me and fill the voids that I was needing to be filled and seeing me actually as me, it made me definitely um, realize that like I can get through anything. We can get through anything. We can figure it out. I, I'm not alone like I've always felt. Mm. Even Even now I feel alone. And I got like how many people on Instagram and I got all my friends, people like you trying to, I would still feel alone. Why? You know, I had to be okay with myself. I had to not feel alone within myself. Now I could be around other people. Now I want to go around other people. You can enjoy the time around. Yes. I enjoy the time. Right. And I'm starting to see that more. Like I want to be around my kids more. I don't care about, like, I do care about nails. Don't get me wrong. That's my business. But it's like, it's just nails. I can wait. If my kids need me, I'm going to be there. Like I no longer like want to be away I, I want to be present and I wasn't present even when I was present present you know and that was the scariest thing for me is like just not knowing what I was going to feel next and then not knowing if I was going to take my life that night because of how I was feeling you know and that's the scariest thing for me um but I can say now that I'm just you know I'm like I said I'm transitioning I'm doing a lot of work um, like I said earlier, the moment you feel like you know everything, you know nothing. So you need to continue learning. And I'm taking more classes. I'm trying to put invest in my business, invest in myself, believe in myself again, try and get this little funk out of my head. And um, but you know what's different is like this time that I've changed, like every other time I was changing, I had the same thing that came with me through everything, which was the feel for attention, love, everything. Now I'm not so much like that. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to live my path, do my thing in my journey, and whoever wants to go, goes. Or I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm not going to, you know, want something different. This is my journey. Let me just, you know, pave the way that I know how Mm. to, you know? I love that. Literally, that's my word, pave the way. Every time Mm -hmm. when it comes to the podcast, I always used to tell my co-host, I'm like, (laughs) I want people to come on who are trying to pave the way. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like, Mm -hmm. you just have to do that. And it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of work. I mean, like I said, how many 360s did I do in the last 10 years? And they're still going to come. And they're still coming. And I'm going through another one right now. And just, I don't know, I'm hoping I'm going to blossom even better in the next couple months, you know? And I know I am, you know? And I'm just going to keep getting better and better. And that you have to put in the work. Healing. You have to heal. In your own way, however that is. But I swear, just like how we're here today, life comes back tenfold. Mm -hmm. It really does. To hear that, like, you, I mean, I've heard so many people say, like, I could not stand you when you were younger. Like, you know, I can't eat (laughs) when they're doing nails. I was just like, oh, girl, I know. I couldn't stand me either. (laughs) Like, I was so lost, you know? And now I'm just like, but I appreciate you so much because these are this is what keeps me going. You yeah. see me, you see me growing, you see me doing it. Like you knew me from nothing. Now I'm something or maybe, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, that is so humbling for me. It, you know, I walked through humility. I humiliated myself for years in front of all you guys, your guys' face. And I walked through that humility and I'm here sitting in your humble circle. And it makes me feel very, very humble. It makes me feel very happy that you even give a fuck about me. Oh, of course. I you love watch like I said, it's very inspiring to watch you because You saw that lost soul. Like yeah. I, you can't, and even, as you can't much, even describe that person. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can't. And it, it it was that little split like, okay, I know this girl's a mess, but I know she needs help. Like in those 
that thought process in my head and I'm glad you were able to do that and it's sad sometimes when I was a kid myself so I couldn't you know make it but when adults and people see the complete brokenness and nobody just wants to slow down and say like how can I help you what can I do like how can I make a difference in your at least not even in your life but in your day like I'm sure that goes a long way and um just I don't know why but last night before I went to bed I was just thinking about today Mm -hmm. and trying to prepare myself mentally and this um what the devil meant for good god what the devil meant for bad god can use for good kept popping up in my head when i was thinking about you and there's a scripture real quick i usually don't do this but genesis 50 20 it says you intended to harm me but god intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives and last night when i was thinking about you that just that wording kept popping into my head and I didn't know that was a the full scripture. So I looked it up before you came in and mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, wow, okay. So yeah. maybe someone may be listening to this and may find themselves in complete, I don't know, like they don't want to live anymore and hopefully what you're sharing really does make a difference for them. And I hope so. That's, even in the simplest way, you, you maybe at least me, I overthink sometimes, but maybe you're like, nails, what am I going to do with nails? And then boom, it's your livelihood now like even in the simplest ways the the thing the talents that you think are so small they they you pursuing it can make a huge difference because it's your talent it's your gift and you don't know how much it can blossom Mm -hmm. so I hope that that encourages somebody and uh, one thing I want to ask before we close what do you feel is the biggest misconception about you is that I'm just a stripper wow so you feel like people still see you for who you used to be. Mm-hmm. And how was that transition? Because yeah. that um, lifestyle is very connected, right? Mm-hmm. Just the people. And do you still talk to a lot of those friends or did you drop I them? I do. I have a lot of them as clients. Um, a lot of the girls that I used to work with are clients of mine. Um, I kind of live the lifestyle through them. Like I hear stories and stuff and um, – I, I think I went back one time in the last four years and I stood in the corner and was like, huh, not for me. And I think about it all the time. I argue about it all the time. Like, I want to go back. My husband's like, no, you're not going back. No. Why? I want to go back. No. I don't really want to go back. But sometimes, like, you know, it's the, itch. it's the itch. Yeah. The money. And nowadays, it's like the thing to do, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Like, that's the only thing. It's kind of like, I feel like it's the devil like dancing on my shoulder like, ah, you can't do yeah. That and then it makes me want to. And then I'm like, no. And I'm actually very, very proud of myself for the control I've had. Because even having the green light where my husband's like, you want to do it? Fine, I'll support you. And I don't want you to do it. But if you're going to keep arguing with me about it, go ahead. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to go work. So I started doing short nails again because I didn't do short nails. And then I started doing pedicures. And I'm like, I'd rather scrub feet and feel okay with myself than go and prostitute myself like I used to even because it's just not dancing it's all of that you know no we're not doing that I'm better than that now I'm bigger than that now I'm past that (laughs) earlier you mentioned um your experience about having previous abortions is Mm -hmm. how in short how does that 
like affect you i know someone who's told me they had three and it's something that's like a traumatic thing for them and well it's definitely traumatic because um they were like miscarriages with like a dnc but thank you know my higher power for that because i didn't know who the dads were um one of them was i did know it was younger before my very first pregnancy um but the other two i didn't really you know know what was going on couldn't pinpoint who it was so I couldn't do that to myself um and not only that my daughter was in the system and I had to get her back Mm -hmm. so it was it was unfair to her and I do think about it all the time I have my my three butterflies on my back um because regardless of those situations those were lives that I I think about all the time like I have dreams where I have like a bunch of kids running around Mm-hmm. And I can't see their faces except for my kids. Dude, it gives me the chills because yeah. I I get dreams. And this week I dreamt of an abortion clinic. And I was just like, why am I dreaming of this? I, I was super confused about it. Mm-hmm. And then just you saying that, I was just like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah. But I literally dreamt of that this week. And I just woke up feeling so heavy. And I was mm-hmm. just like, Lord, I don't know who or what, but. That's just such such a heavy feeling. Yeah, and I think about it all the time, all the time. And I I don't, I'm not an advocate for it. I'm like, I mean, yeah, your body, your choice, you know, but like those are some lives. And like I just, I don't know, I always tell him, like, I wonder what it would be like if I had those kids. Or like, I wonder if I had more kids. And now I want more kids. Mm -hmm. And I got my tubes tied, so I can't have any more. But, you know, the feeling of that I was able to have kids and I didn't, and like some people can't, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's sad to me and I think about it all the time like I have them tattooed on my back so it's like it's a very sensitive subject especially after going in and trying to pay cash for one and not having it because of how I felt about it it was like a big change for me in that department you know and yeah now I mean I couldn't see my life without those boys you know and I we talk about it sometimes where we're like could you ever imagine we're like no I could not even imagine what my life would be like without them. You know? And how old are your little ones now? Uh, my youngest is two and a half, and then the other one is four and a half, and my oldest is 11. 11. A little tween. I know. Oh my <laughs> She's so perfect. She's adorable. <laughs> they all are. I, I haven't seen your boys. So, like, literally this morning, I was I'm like, sure. I think she has three, but I'm only sure of two. Yes. These are the. He's like, I have Those are older, yes. Yeah, so these are when they were younger. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yes. They're so adorable. Yeah, they're our world. They they actually brought my whole family, I would say, our whole families together, Together. Mm -hmm. which is amazing. So, Is there anything Mm -hmm. you want to add before we close? No, I just want to thank you for allowing me to, like, you know, express, you know, my journey. And um, I am coming out with a documentary soon. I was just going to say, I look forward to that. Is it already in production? Are you trying to find someone? Yeah, I have one episode out. It's kind of like just an introduction one. And I've been just like working with different videographers to try and get what I'm really looking for. Um, but it's in the works. I'm doing some short clips that will be, you know, coming out soon. So well, putting it out there, let's get her started with a movie. What are your Instagram pages for your nails and your boutique? Um, okay. So for my nail page is Jasmine nailed it. And then my boutique page is Rose beauty lounge. I mean, I'm sorry. My boutique page is Rose beauty boutique. 
And my business page is Rose Beauty Lounge LLC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I seriously am excited for this episode to yeah, drop. She's too. a very special guest, and I hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed it. She loves encouraging people. So if you have any questions, yes, lady, feel, feel free. free to reach out. Let's talk. I'll help you out. You need a ride. You just need a friend. I'm always here. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you.